It is Monday. Holy Christ, it is Monday. Thank God, it is Monday. September the 28th, 2020. We are almost three quarters, we're nearly, we're days away from the end. Three quarters of the year will be over. Thank the Lord, it is going to be over. I am Stephen Mielhausen, writer for DAZN and Sporting News. This is the Walkway to Fight Club. It is Monday. We are. I am here to recap WWE Monday Night Raw. Very big show tonight. We'll get into everything in a few moments. Let's just knock out these particulars. If you're watching live via YouTube, and I hope you guys are, it's simple. Just subscribe to that Walkway to Fight Club channel. Just hit the subscribe button. Then do me another solid. Hit the like. Give me that thumbs up. Tell me how much you love me. If you're watching via Facebook Live, it's simple. Give a reaction to the video. And then hit that like button on the walkway to Fight Club. Proceeded by hitting that follow button. It's simple. Oh, man, you guys are sharp. I'm loving it already. But no, happy Monday. Before I even get into anything else. I got to say, I changed our, the podcast is now on a new uh, distributor, distribution, whatever you want to call it. I'm getting people listening to the audio. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Listening everywhere. Nepal, India, Germany, the UK, Slovenia, Russia. South Korea. I didn't even know half these places watch pro wrestling. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. It means a lot. Thank you. But we're gonna we got a lot to talk about today. And before I even start there, I want to wish my mother and father-in-law a happy 45th wedding anniversary. To be together with somebody for 45 years. Good Lord, it that is amazing. One together that long. Man, but they are great people. And they blessed me with my wife and proceeded I get to have my two awesome kids. And But no, happy 45th anniversary, Mom and Dad. Hope you guys had a great day. You will see my goons tomorrow. <laughs> but lots to talk about. We're going to talk about Raw. I'm going to give you my quick thoughts on the clash. I didn't watch clash of champions last night. I had, I'm the godfather for my, for my youngest niece. And we had the baptism ministry, had a family party. And by the time that all ended guys, no offense. I did not want to talk to your happy asses. I was tired, but I watched the show today. So I'll give you my thoughts on what ended up being a very, I'd say Blah show until the main event. So I was really enthused by the main event. So I will talk about that. We'll get into that a little bit later. We'll also talk about the feud with Conor McGregor and Dana White. Why I think they're both wrong in this situation. And I'll give another little brief synopsis on the situation with the Charlos. And that whole pay-per-view along with UFC 253. I'm still catching flack for that. And that happened days ago. But... Give me your thoughts on Raw. 
What did you think overall tonight, guys? Did you think it was good? Did you think it was bad? Were you indifferent to the show? Did you split screen the show and just be like, you know what? I'm going to go watch football. I'm going to have football on the bigger part of the screen, and I'm going to have Raw on the little part of the screen. I know plenty of people that were doing that part this evening. So that shows you right there how much they thought of Monday Night Raw. What did I think of Monday Night Raw is, what in the hell did I see for three hours? What the fuck was that? There were so many things on this show that made zero damn sense. What were we watching, people? Tell me what we were watching. I seen a women's title match that made no sense. No sense at all. I seen a baseless women's tag team match. I could have just been made a singles match. Where one of the people in the match almost, almost died, sure, could have had a broken neck, maybe could have died. I seen a main event that made no sense. We'll get into that in a minute. The ending felt like I was watching, watching or playing Call of Duty. That part wasn't half bad. I trying this any a convoluted family storyline that I seen 15 years ago with some really bad acting this evening. I don't understand. What we're watching, what is WWE doing? I have to be honest. I wish I could have I could have had the Chiefs Ravens game on my bigger portion of the screen, my tell my 65 inch TV and had raw like up at the, either at the upper left or right or the bottom left and right. There was three hours of my life. I would love to have back. I wish I could have sat and just drink. I, I wish I could have just sat and drank 10 beers. Because I needed 10 beers to get through this show. If I'm grading an A, B, C, D, or F, this show gets a D minus. The only thing that saved this show was that awesome ending by Randy Orton. Still made no sense, but it, it wasn't horribly bad. Let's get to... How we even got to that point. We got a baffling WWE title match. Beginning of the show starts and we have Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, The Big Show, and Christian. They all helped Drew McIntyre last night when he faced Randy Orton in an ambulance match for the WWE title. They all come out there singing Drew's praises. 
Here comes Drew McIntyre, heaping praise on them. Randy Orton says, I'm going to get my title shot if I want it because I'm Randy Orton. And then Drew goes, oh, well, Drew McIntyre goes, well, you know, I'm issuing an open challenge tonight to someone who is not challenged for the WWE title. Orton's already out of the building. So that left out, let's see. Dolph Ziggler, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, and that the big show, and that was it. Now, common sense. Common sense, everybody. And we I think we all have everyone watching. Everyone watching here. I feel like it's common sense because you, all of you are watching because you're smart wrestling fans watching this, the walkway to fight club. Remember? Yes. I am a writer for the zone and sporting news. And if we had a, if I had the opportunity to do, and I actually may pitch this now as I'm sitting here having this conversation with you guys. And I'm giving wrestling grades. <laughs> so, and just giving my random thoughts in my mind. If I'm going down that roster, who are we going to pick? Okay, let's look at legit contenders. Right off the bat, Keith Lee. He's been feuding with Drew McIntyre. He's been feuding with Randy Orton. He's been getting the monster push. You're thinking that makes plenty of sense. Who else is main event caliber or upper mid card that you can really get behind on this roster? I could have went with Bobby Lashley, but you already took out Lashley. Said, oh, well, you know, he had a title match. You can't put him in there. Okay. I can get it. You want to give someone a new opportunity. You want to issue up a challenge, okay, to someone new. Okay. Who's never gotten a title? I'm so you're, you're trying to think of somebody. But you really can't. You killed off Ricochet. You, Apollo Cruz is done. That push lasted about four weeks. I think Ricochet's lasted about two minutes until he got bamboozled by Brock Lesnar. Maybe it's Brock Lesnar. Maybe Brock's making a surprise return and he's going to Kofi Kingston Drew McIntyre's ass. Okay. So you're thinking it's, if we're really going to be serious, I can't even say that with a straight face. It has to be Keith Lee. But didn't you see Keith Lee come out in the match with Andrade? And you're thinking, okay, Keith Lee basically, he beat the tar out of Andrade. Maybe, and everything, okay, it's going to be Keith Lee. He's fresh enough. You can continue this rivalry. And they come out. 
you got about a little under 25 minutes. Oh, I see that comment jumping. You guys are, I love, I'm loving this already. But what, who do we get? Godforsaken Bobby Roode. Yes. The same Bobby Roode we have not seen since March the 8th at Elimination Chamber. Bobby Roode, who got traded to Smack, from SmackDown to Raw with Dolph Ziggler almost six months ago. Instead of only keeping people watching, you did all this hype. The WWE title is on the line. Who is it going to be? And the glorious bump appears. What the fuck? I had got that text from people in wrestling. I got their text from all my buddies who watch Monday Night Raw. I hope all of you, everyone that watches this and is watching live, will watch it through the night, into tomorrow, whether it's on Facebook Live, on YouTube, listens to the audio. I hope you turned it off and are listening to what I have to say about what happened here. Because if you're looking for a channel changer, it was this. Could have done anything here. We've seen all these changes from SmackDown tonight. Drew Gulak's now mysteriously on Monday Night Raw. Dana Brooks on Monday Night Raw. You got a draft in freaking 10 days, and this is what you do? You could have brought someone over from SmackDown. Hell. Why not Adam Cole from NXT? That would have been perfect. Adam Cole's got nothing to damn do right now. Except cheer on his good buddy from the Undisputed Era, teammate, stablemate Kyle O'Reilly, when he challenges Finn Balor for the NXT title this coming Sunday at TakeOver. But no. You give me a guy who is staler than then five-week-old bread, who had no momentum, even when he was there, and you put a guy, and he hasn't been on TV in over six and a half, six and a half months. Good fucking Lord. What are we doing here? I hope you all turned it off. And watch the Monday night football game. And if you if you weren't, hopefully you were on your phone tweeting on Facebook and Instagram bitching. Because I don't fucking blame you. This was an insult to your to, to you guys. I honestly think they expect it. And this is how this company thinks. This is what happens when you got a 74-year-old man running the ship, and then you got the executive director who's got his head, he's got his head up his ass, and when he doesn't have his head up his ass, he's got the Vaseline on his lips ready for the 74-year-old man to freaking pull his pants down so he can kiss his ass. This is an insult to everyone's intelligence. I'm sorry. 
It is. If this show doesn't set a record low rating, this third hour, I, God, I can't wait till the ratings come out tomorrow. Because that third hour had to plummet as soon as that happened. That's not fair. And I don't want to be dis. I like Bobby Roode. And I don't want this to, I'm not trying to be out here saying I hate Bobby Roode. But there was no backstory at all. Okay, Ziggler challenged Drew McIntyre like four months, five months ago. That's dead and gone. When did that match take place? Money in the bank? Four months ago? Three months ago? Three months ago. Who cares? I like Rude. I like Ziggler. And I had people telling me in wrestling tonight because I started texting about what I, I had people in WWE gave me the shrug of the shrug shoulder emoji. They had no idea. The match was fine. It wasn't bad. Rude's a good worker. It's not like Rude, Rude sucks. Rude's a good worker. It was good back and forth. You know, Rude look. You could tell Rude after after about ten minutes, Rude was pretty much winded. He hadn't been in the ring. He hadn't been in a competitive match in six and a half months. He's been sitting at home, and because of COVID, he really wasn't able to come. He was in. He lives in Canada. But the match was okay. It was nothing to get excited about. You know, Rude really worked on McIntyre's leg. Ziggler interfered. The one hope spot, the hope, the hope spot was near the end when Ziggler sacrificed himself. Rude hit the Impaler DDT. Got a good two count. I thought that was a nice steep kick up by McIntyre. Rude tried again. McIntyre blocked it. Hit the Claymore. One, two, three. Drew McIntyre remains the WWE champion. But we knew that was going to happen. There was As soon as Bobby Roode came out, I was like, I, I already know what's going to happen. I'm done. I watched begrudgingly. It's just a shame. I seriously think they thought, okay, we, we can prop up a WWE title match. I'm thinking that's just going to... Make it better. I honestly think that. But they the whole intention was we're gonna prop up, okay, we're gonna have a WWE title match. We're gonna have an open challenge. It can be anybody. That was the hook to get me in for two over a little over two and a half hours. Maybe it worked. Maybe you get a bump, tiny bit of bump. Google searches weren't nothing to get really how humble about from the show from Clash of Champions 200,000 plus. That's not really too good. Not at all. Not when the U, not when UFC 253 did over 2 million. This was bad. That was the ratings hook. Your hook. It's like that false advertising bullshit they did last night. You advertised Bailey and Nikki Cross 
until the show started. Then you say, oh, that match isn't happening. You wonder why ratings are down. Interest is down. When you false advertise, you give a horrible hook. You're not gain. You, you don't gain goodwill with the fans, and then that's when the ratings start to plummet. Some people don't want to watch because they know, okay, they're going to give us crap. This is common sense one on one. When are they going to learn? And I don't. I like Drew McIntyre. I think I thought the match with Orton was pretty good. Beyond that stupid shenanigans they did with with Flair and Big Show and. Christian and Shawn Michaels, like, they didn't need to do all that hokey-pokey nonsense. He could have done that for another match. I thought that hurt McIntyre more than anything else. This show was just, ew. This was ridiculous. Capped off by that. I feel so bad for the talent right now because what we got tonight, that was some... Freaking horseshit. And shame on them. All right, let's get into. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of comments. I'm going to get into this because I actually thought I'm going to talk about the end of Raw really quickly. And leave questions and comments, guys. If you're watching via Facebook Live, it's simple. Give a reaction to the video. Good, good, bad, or indifferent. Like the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. And also, just go and follow. Just hit that follow button as well while you're at it. If you're watching on YouTube, or even if you're not, go to the Walkway the Fight Club. Subscribe to the channel. Click on this video and just and like. Give me give me the old big thumbs up. Being greatly appreciated. It would mean a lot. I thought the end of this show was actually pretty slick. And McIntyre's in the ring. The match is done. They go back. Now earlier in the show. Not a lot of people caught this because the Hurt Business was walking down in the ring. They were in the back. And this janitor, and just their back was to him. They kind of looked at him. They walked away. So they cut to the back. The same janitor with his head down. It's going to the door where uh, Ort with where Michaels, Flair, Big Show, and Christian are at. Takes the hood off. It's Randy Orton. I'm like, okay. You see what he's going to do. He grabs a chair. He's walking to the door. He puts on these Call of Duty night vision goggles, that, 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 which was pretty pretty cool. Opens the door. Flair kind of, they're playing cards. Flair kind of turns around. Orton puts the goggles on, shuts the lights off. You hear a bunch of tussling. Lights flicker back on. They're all laid out. Flair's like grabbing his shoulder. Orton puts the goggles up. Walks out, puts the hood back down. Point tell, when the officials come, points that way, and the show ends. I actually thought that was pretty slick. That's the reason the show gets a D minus, because I actually thought that was quite impressive. But beyond that, that was a little rough. This show wasn't very, very. So let's get into let's get into the horseman or known as as Monday Night Raw here. We already talked about the beginning with Drew. Now it's Chris Samoa Joe back on Monday Night Raw. He was at the Clash on Sunday night, but good to see 
Samoa Joe, Byron Saxon, and Tom Phillips. They need to get – why can't they go with Samoa Joe and Tom Phillips? Good Lord, Byron Saxon is god-awful. Absolutely hideous. After the opening segment, Kayla Braxton is in the back with Zelina Vega. Called her a poor sport. Vega wanted to prove to the WWE Universe tonight that Asuka was not ready for her. Asuka just popped right in, basically mocked Vega, and I really didn't blame her. Told Zelina Vega, you're about to lose again. All these officials came in. I don't know why. That was pretty stupid. And then the match happened. This went eight minutes and 44 seconds too long. (laughs) In typical WWE, less than two minutes into the match, what did they do? Go to commercial. Come back. Asuka caught Vega with a kick. Came off the apron, but Vega was in control. Asuka mounts a comeback, a German suplex, and a sliding kick for two. Vega tried to, she targeted the arm with a submission, but Asuka countered into a very nice vertical suplex. Vega avoided the Asuka lock by getting a quick rope break, followed by a backcracker. Asuka, but very slickly scooted over, kind of rope break. Vega went for the moonsault. Asuka put her legs up, applied the Asuka lock for the submission victory, and still, your Raw Women's Champion, Asuka. Now, the match was what it was. Hopefully, now we don't see Zelina Vega getting opportunities. In all honesty, she doesn't deserve. Why was this happening? (laughs) Why? Why do we have to be put through this? Two weeks in a row. Two days in a row. Less than 24 hours. We've seen this match twice. Why? I got better things to do than watch the same match. And poor Hoska, give her some. Where's Bianca Belair? Should be Bianca Belair. Or it should be Shayna Baszler. But we get... Good Lordy, Miss Molly, we're going with a manager. We're going with Zelina Vega. Come back from commercial. Andrade's running down. Poor Zelina. Poor Zelina. She just can't catch a break. Andrade's telling her she's worthless. You had it made when you were managing us. Zelina's crying, walking off. Andrade's saying, I'm the greatest WWE superstar. Issuing. The second open challenge in less than 40 minutes, and out comes Keith Lee. For what they did, this match really wasn't bad. I will have to admit, it wasn't, it went a little less than three minutes, but Keith Lee basically plowed him. Andrade was trying to target the lower body. Andrade hit the double knees in the corner. Andrade tried for some reason tried for a suplex. Lee grabbed him, hit the spirit bomb for the one, two, three. I guess Andrade is not the greatest WWE superstar of all time. But he definitely deserves better than this. Losing in less than three minutes is you would think being the boyfriend, the fiance of Charlotte Flair would actually get him somewhere. But unfortunately for Andrade. I bet he regrets these days not being back in Mexico. I'm just going to go with, I guess, out there. 
pretty funny skit in the back with the Hurt Business MVP and Shelton are eating and catering. Some guy, some random guy puts his food down, starts eating. Lashley showed up, told the guy to get out of his seat. Guy moves over. Lashley's like, you're in my seat. And leave this here. Guy runs off. And Lashley's got two plates of food. That was actually kind of funny. <laughs> they started, and, and here's some more nonsense. Come back from commercial. We see parts of the R-Truth to Zawa Shark segment from last week. Truth was shown in the back playing chess by himself. A ninja appeared. Handing him a letter, which was appeared to be written in both Japanese and English. The letter was from Tazawa saying, you were the better man. And there was a gift inside. It was a black belt. Truth appeared honored. Tazawa appears from under the table, rolls up our truth for the one, two, three. He becomes the 24-7 champion. Celebrates for a quick moment. The ninja attacks Tazawa. Pins him for the one, two, three, unhoods himself. And it is Drew Gulak, who is now, even though the draft is in 10 days, Drew Gulak's now a member of Monday Night Gulak celebrates. Our truth comes back, rolls up. Gulak for the one, two, three. And yes, for the 42nd time, our truth is your. 24-7 champion. And then WWE proceeds. And in only WWE fashion announces later on in the show, we will get a they will actually be in the ring. Yes. I'm not I wish I was lying to you guys. <sighs> It's just, it's so baffling. It's absolutely terrible. Go to the back. Seth is with Buddy. Buddy Murphy's sitting there. He's texting away. Here comes Seth Rollins. Gives him a hug. Murphy really didn't seem too thrilled to see his old uh, his old buddy. Rollins thought it was a great night, but wondered why Murphy was dressed to compete inside the ring, even though he doesn't have a match. Rollins is like, hey, go to the back. Get your suit on. We'll get out of here. Murphy nods and leaves. Seth looks down on the on the box, and it's Murphy's cell phone. So he Rollins puts it in his pocket. They go to break. The second hour begins with a special King's Court, which was always back in the day one of my favorite segments with Jerry the King Lawler with the Mysterio family. Dominic said he'll take care of Rollins the next time he sees him. Ray nodded in approval. Then Jerry wants to, then Lawler wants to know what Aaliyah had to say. Aaliyah's like, Murphy came to me, came on to her, and not the other. He came to me last week, not the other way. Says Rollins is a fraud, and Murphy needs to get away from him. Rollins appears on the screen and says, Aaliyah may be lying about Murphy. Says, but why would anyone believe me? Seth puts text messages on the on the Titantron from Murphy and wish, and with Aaliyah wishing him a happy birthday. They start quite the Mysterio family questioning why they would lie. She would lie to them and be talking to Murphy. Aaliyah walks away. 
And segment ends. I actually like this because you could see like when they were talking, you could see like this, like, like this snarly, snarky grin on Leah's face. And it's like how she stayed composed. The lines were delivered. I thought pretty good. Stay cool, calm, and collected. Walked off in a big and walked off. Murphy confronts Rollins, grabs him by the shirt, and asks what his problem is. Rollins is like, you ain't being honest with me. We're supposed to be compadres. Dominic comes out of nowhere. Him and Murphy get into a good little back and forth. Some good ground up home from both guys, going tussling each other over. Rollins is off in the pack, running away. I thought that was well done. I like the fire from both guys. And then here comes another bad part of the show. I hate saying this because I respect Natalia tremendously, but here came Alana and Natalia. At least they matched this week. Lana was wearing the pink and black, along with her tag team partner. Natalia thought Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler should be stripped of the tag team titles because they were not there due to what WWE is deemed the medical concerns. She says they could earn. Oh, never mind. I lost my spot there. Lana said it's because of them those titles even existed because they're celebrities. They're on TV. They're social media influencers. Here's the latest on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. The Wrestling Observer has reported, and I've learned this later on, but they they broke the story first saying Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax did not test positive for COVID-19. And that's kind of really, that's really it. But they were both in contact with someone who did test positive, so they will also not be used for 14 days as, as long as they test negative. So they were in contact with someone that had COVID, so they got a quarantine for 14 days as well. Hopefully they don't test positive. I don't know who did. Nikki Cross is in quarantine. The Wrestling Observer also reported that I knew that I found that out last night, but they did report it. Adam Pierce comes out, says, We're not stripping Jackson Baszler, but if you want to earn the opportunity and face this new team, out came the debuting Mandy Rose, and with her, another member from SmackDown, Dana Brooke. Now, I don't have this major problem with Mandy Rose. I don't have a problem with Dana Brooke. Heck, I love looking at Mandy Rose. I think she's quite attractive. I don't like that short hair. I can do without. I really don't think she needs it. But we have our draft next week. You couldn't have done this next week. That is my issue with this. What's the deal? understand makes no sense makes no sense so we got Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke against Natalia and Lana I will say this at least this week Lana and Natalia got some offense (laughs) they worked over Brooke briefly Mandy Rose got the hot tag and then Lana almost died. Not almost died, but almost like 
Rose gave her a gut wrench, and Lana almost landed on her head. It's one of these things where why is she in the ring? Rose hit a V-trigger for the pinfall win. This was some first world awful. Mandy Rose has improved, and so is Dana Brooke. And Natalia is always good. But Lana should not be in the damn ring. She could have either suffered a really bad concussion or could have broken her neck. She has no reason being in the ring whatsoever. I don't like saying that. I don't. I, 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 my, I'm just so, it's mind-boggling why we keep getting this. She does not need to be in the ring. I feel bad for Natalia. I really, really do. Even though I will say Mandy hit a very pretty badass of each other. Then we get Alistair Black and Kevin Owens. Now, this match really wasn't... I thought this was the best match on the show. Alistair Black's got new music, which I don't know why. His old music was pretty badass. Black was in control. Owens came back with chops. Some clotheslines, a senton, and a German suplex. Black rolled out of the ring. Owens hit a senton off the apron. And then, of course, we get the big spot and we go to commercial. Come back, Owens hit a DDT for a count of two. Black followed up by kicking his le- kicking out with his leg to take over. Black hit a, hit a couple strikes. Owens dodged a pump kick and hit a super kick for a two. Owens hit a senton off the top of the old. Black got his knees up. Black followed up with a knee strike. Knee stri- ah, with the knee strike. Kind of like a modified V-trigger for a very, for a very very long two count. Black was arguing with the ref. Before turning his attention back to Owens, Black was in the middle of a strike combo on Owens and hit the referee by accident. The ref called for a DQ. Black was upset and noted the ref was standing too close to him as they made the DQ announcement. Owens gave Black a stunner. Byron, then here comes the stupidity. Byron Sexton tried to say, well, the ref made the only call he could. While Samoa Joe, with the intelligence of the crew, said the referee was standing too close. Byron Sexton needs to shut the hell up. We're going to start there. I know that isn't the most journalistic thing to say. But I didn't need to see that. I didn't need to hear that, I mean. Why are they letting this guy be an announcer? That rationale made zero sense. The referee made the only call he could. It was an accidental strike. It wasn't like Alistair Black just turned him around and punched, went turned around and just punched the referee in the face or gave him a spitting back elbow. It was a for say it was an accident. The DQ made zero sense. You can tell Owens was pretty irritated. Made zero sense. Zero sense. And I thought a pretty decent match. 
Dominic Mysterio and Murphy at the top of the nine o'clock, uh, top of the ten o'clock hour. Pretty good physical match. Mysterio went to grab the kendo stick, walked up, and a good back and forth. We've seen a bunch of different moves, a bunch of hard hitting. Came back from commercial. They're going a little more back and forth. Mysterio goes on the outside, grabs the kendo stick, walked up to the apron, and the referee's counting very fast. And this is where another little botcher. Dominic, it's already nine. Dominic's just hitting the steps to the apron. No 10 count. Out comes the uh, the referee's like, you got to get out of here. Mysterio told her to get out of here. He needs to handle this. Dominic gets back in the ring. He tells her again to go. Murphy rolls up. That's Drake Wirtz. Horrible referee, by the way. Referee the Owens Black match. Murphy rolls him up. Murphy lets him go. The referee still counted the three. Murphy rolls out, out of the ring. Mysterio hits him with the kendo stick. Aaliyah tells him to stop, says Murphy isn't like Seth. Dominic says, listen, we're doing this for the family. we got to protect the Mysterio legacy. And your dad is right. You can't see see what's going on here. You are naive. And Aaliyah storms off. Dominic is back. Now, there I didn't like what she did. I wasn't really the world's biggest fan of her delivery there. Came off, eh, dominant, came off force. It didn't feel natural. They're letting the kids do a little bit here. And I'm all about trying new stuff. And that's the only way you're really going to create new stars. You went by, you have to create new things. And I get that. And you do. And I like the idea of where this was going. But I thought Ray should have been out there in this situation. You put him on the bumper for him to be coming out with Dominic, and all we saw was Dominic, which was a little questionable, I felt like. The match was actually pretty good. I, I didn't mind it at all. That was the second best, thing we, second best thing we saw on the show in terms of match quality. But these two have now wrestled five times since the day after SummerSlam. I don't need to see them anymore. I get what they're doing. Brothers protecting the little sister. She's trying. He's trying to protect her, take care of the guy that likes her. And she, who she seems to like. We kind of could see where this is going. Where she, I think she ends up with Murphy and Rollins. Somehow, some way. Maybe by Helen or something. I like when she slapped him. I mean, she should have slapped him a little harder. You got to give it like that old Stephanie McMahon slapping. Got to do that. You got to get all Stephanie McMahon, I felt like. And we got the Hurt Business against Apollo, Ricochet, and Ali. Match started out. They started brawling before the bell even started. Then the lights started flickering. Hurt Business got back in the ring. It seemed like Retribution was going to come out. No Cedric Alexander tonight, which I find interesting. I asked about Cedric. I don't know what's going on yet. Hopefully, Cedric is okay. And then it's out of nowhere. Because then the retribution stuff comes all over the LED boards. Go to commercial. What a piss poor. What a bad time to go to a commercial. You realize they weren't. So the hook was, when you come back, that retribution beat up the Hurt Business. But the match... The original six-way actually happened. It was 
some decent action. Apollo, back and forth match. It was okay. Apollo wipes out Lesley with the moonsault. Ricochet hit a somersault onto Benjamin on the outside. It's down to Ali and MVP. They exchange roll-ups for two counts. Ali gets Ali gets the heat back, hits the tornado DDT. They didn't really get all of it. Hits a God, his 450 is awesome. A very beautiful 450 splash for the one, two, three, and Ali Ricochet. Ali Ricochet and Apollo defeated Bobby Lashley, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin. I did forget something, and I I do apologize. I forgot about the triple threat match for the 24-7 title. This was awful. There was nothing much to it. Just a bunch of brawling. Truth wins the match. Pin Gulak after giving him an AA onto Tazawa for the one, two, three. It was about what you expected. Complete horse manure. <laughs> you guys are seriously. These comments, I'm just sitting here looking at. You go backstage, big show, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, and Christian playing poker. They're all laying their cards down. Ric Flair wins with the Royal Flush. Grabs all this chips. Starts woo, 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 woo. Strutting his stuff. And Ric Flair walked off. Now, I thought here. And this was just me. And I don't know if anyone else was thinking this when Ric Flair walked off. I thought right here he was going with Randy Orton. I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be the moment this happens. He's going to turn on them, and he's going to go back and align with Randy. The Retribution highlight package airs. And here's the latest on Retribution. Wrestling Observer reported this. Dave Meltzer reported several members of Retribution are also off for 14 days or longer. We don't know what's going on. From what it seems, from what I'm told, five members have been around people or have COVID. It's about as much as I know about Retribution. It's going around, man. And yet, the state of Florida Florida is opening up everything. A state that's had a lot of cases. Now it's basically going to be a free-for-all. Not so sure about this one. Kind of... I think we have to... Man, hopefully they get out of Florida soon and go somewhere else. I don't think they're going to, but they have another month in Florida, so we shall see. And we already went over the main event of the show. I would give the show. The show still gets it. You know what? I'll give it a D. Because I did like Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio and Buddy Murphy. Owens and Black was, even though that was a horse shit finish. I'll still give it a D. It doesn't make me look forward to next week. He did some stuff that made no sense. Why are we getting Zelina Vega and... Asuka for the second day in a row, two times less than 24 hours. Why are we still seeing Lana in the ring? Because that tag match was god-awful. You had Bobby Roode challenging Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. That was just horrible booking, a horrible idea. Hopefully, for their sake, they better hope 
that was a good enough hook to get people not to watch the football game or keep enough people from not watching. Even though the game really what that game really wasn't entertaining at all, as the Chiefs mocked them from start to finish and won 34 to 20. Which I know a lot of people are upset because the over-under was 55. And I guess the Chiefs had a chance to kick a field goal. They were inside the 30. And the Chiefs went for it on fourth and one. Oh, my God. feel bad for you guys that bet on that game. Good Lord. Um, Let's get on a couple other little things. I want to give my quick thoughts here on the clash. I did not watch. Like, if you guys are just jumping in, I did not watch it live. That's why I didn't do a pot. There was, I thought there were, we would have a show last night, but had my niece's baptism, which I was the godfather of. I was very honored in that, and and she did not cry when got the water dumped on her, which was pretty good. She was a pretty good kid for seven weeks old. She's a little, she's a little spitfire that one, and um. So by the time I got home, the show had already started. The show was like, I think it was about an hour in. And I was extremely tired. It was just a long, emotionally draining day. And the last thing I wanted to do was watch wrestling. I just wanted to sit and relax. I was very tired. I wanted to spend time with my family. But I did watch it today. And the show was eh. The, type two, the, main, the two main events are really good. I lo- I really like Drew and Randy. The match was good. I didn't need all that shenanigans nonsense. But Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Where in the hell is this Roman Reigns been? I love it. This is the Roman Reigns I wish we were getting a long, long, long time ago. He was fantastic. Jey Uso was fantastic. Paul Heyman was fantastic. Jimmy Uso was fantastic. Now... This, and I don't know anything. I have asked. I mean, even though it was off today, I asked. It was off from Sporting News End Zone today. But I still asked. After watching the match, I texted a couple people. And I asked, is this leading to Roman Reigns and The Rock at WrestleMania? No one responded to me. I'm not saying the match is going to happen. But to me, I don't know anything. But to me, this is a to me a teaser. Because then the Rock, the Rock said last week he'd be a match. That's a match he's interested in. And then the Rock commented on the match on Instagram. Roman Reigns put up like a pic of the match, had a little thing there, and then the Rock commented about how great the match was and everything like that. Would this? Would you be interested? Does, the w, does WWE pull the trigger, even without fans, The Rock and Roman Reigns? I hope not. And I want to make this clear. I wouldn't mind seeing the match. Because this Roman Reigns right now, good Lord, Miss Molly, he is fantastic. Heyman, fantastic. I loved how he kept trying to get Jey Uso to call him the tribal. You call me the tribal. Fucking great. You are amazing. And I'm actually so excited right now. I'm going to rewatch that match when we're done tonight. Because I want to see it again. Because it was that good. 
Roman Reigns was absolutely fantastic. And Fightful.com managing editor Sean Ross Sapp, who in my mind is the best wrestling reporter in the business. He's amazing. And Sean's, and Sean's a friend of mine. And a very, he's very well respected. I respect him trem- immensely. And I worked for Fightful for a short time. That's a great crew over there, guys. You want to get the best wrestling news. And Sean's not even paying me to do this. And maybe Sean wants it. He gives me a little kickback after I say this. But go to Fightful.com. Subscribe to Fight, Fightful Select. It's not much per month. It's like four ninety nine, three ninety nine. It's a hell of a deal. I subscribe. I support Sean. Hell, I got even though we're we don't we're not on the same team. You know, we're not really competition. I work for Sporting News in the Zone, and he runs an independent pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing website. They do a great job over there. Support the wrestling business. Support combat sports. So definitely make sure you guys, of course, listen to this podcast. And we'll hit. But that main event was really, 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 really good. And all Roman deserves a lot of credit. Heyman deserves a credit. Now, here's where I was going. He brought up, like, how Vince McMahon, how didn't Vince McMahon book Roman Reigns like this? Much, much earlier. And I put something along the line of, we all know why. And so he asked me why, and I'm like, it's plain and simple. Back when this monster push started in this in the summer of 2014, Vince McMahon was 68 years old. Now, 68 is still, and I hate saying this, because my father-in-law is 71, and he's sharp as, an, he's sharp as a pistol. And he's a very sharp guy, very smart guy. And I'm not, but you, you look at Vince and it's like a 74-year-old man should not be running a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. Hand it over. He didn't listen to the fans then. He still wasn't listening to them up until the beginning of this year. It took Roman Reigns to take time off, say, I'm out of here. I don't want to get COVID. I don't want to get really sick because I had leukemia. My immune system is highly compromised. It took him to be gone. And then finally, real then because you got to look at 2014, 2015, he was just getting fresh into the main event. He didn't have enough pull and enough stroke to be like, you know what? This isn't a good idea. But after being in the main event picture, headlining all these WrestleManias, being in the main events of all these, whether it's Raw, whether it was SmackDowns, pay-per-views, house shows, finally enough pull to be like, hey, let's go here. We need to go here. They want to rock the boat, which I get. He wants to keep his spot, but now he's got he he's more than more than confident in his own skin, and say, "Hey, we need to pull the trigger. I need to be with Paul," and then off we go. No problem with that at all. It's extremely well done, highly intelligent. If I do say so myself, got to give him a ton of credit. 
Because what they've done so far is fantastic. I'd have no problem if we saw The Rock and Roman. If we have fans, I would have, and I swear to God by this, I would have no problem if this headline WrestleMania 37. It's in Los Angeles. It's still scheduled for Los Angeles. It's still on the, oh God, the stadium website. WrestleMania 37 is still there. So we will say, I know it's a long time between now and then, but as of right now, the plane is still to have it there. I'd be down with The Rock and Roman Reigns. I really would. And I know some people are upset, you know, of, you know, you know, WWE's send the fans home happy and pay-per-views on a high note. Drew McIntyre didn't headline. He won. He beat Randy Orton. And I had said, and I said last week, and I, and I still, and I said it on Sunday on uh, the show on Saturday night, I felt like, and the UFC 253 recap, which I want to thank everybody, by the way, you guys all delivered. Ton of people downloaded, ton of people watched. I am very appreciative of that. Thank you to everybody. I should have said that at the beginning, and I'm saying it nearly an hour in, but I it means a lot that everyone who watched left comments, thumbs ups, and everything of that nature. It really means a lot. Thank you so much. And but I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, man, if you're going, we know Roman's gonna win. Why not put Drew in the main event? That was my thought going in, and I'll admit I said it. I'll own it. Unless you're going with a title change. You if you kind of knew where they were going to go when you saw Drew and Randy out there, then you knew, okay, Drew's going to win. You're going to go with Roman and Jay, which I didn't agree with, but you know what? That ended up being the right move. It really did. And because we got that, we got a fantastic ending. Because if you would have went Reigns and Uso and you had that ending, that main event, then as good as McIntyre Orton was, it just would have felt flat. It would have felt off. Let's see. Let's go. I was going to go here. But let's, all right, really quickly, let's talk about UFC 253. In boxing really quickly. And I've been getting this question a lot. I got it a lot today. And people have been asking, and I will, this really quickly, UFC 253 and the Charlo doubleheader pay-per-view numbers. There's no numbers yet. I won't know a preliminary figure UFC 253 numbers, I actually should have tomorrow for you guys. And the same thing, there should be a preliminary number for the Charlo pay-per-view. Some rough numbers. It's easier with UFC because it's all internet. So you're able to get those numbers tend to come in. You can get usually, you know, I probably could have got them today, but I really just didn't ask. And the way I tell people these work is, sorry about that, guys. You will usually get those numbers. A concrete number for traditional pay-per-view, you won't get. I may get it. Usually you can get a number by Friday. I have a final solid number for you guys, either Friday or like 
Tuesday of next week. The UFC 253 pay-per-view trend was number one on Google Trends with over 2 million Google searches. That is a pretty good show. That shows there's an immense amount of interest in this show. The Charlo doubleheader presented by Showtime pay-per-view and Premier Boxing Champions did not trend at all. Um, It did well on Twitter, but it didn't trend on Google. And that's that's your big indicator of what the pay-per-view buy rate's going to be. If I had to take, and this is just freestyling here, and kind of how these Google trends tend to go. UFC 253 likely did around 400,000 pay-per-view buys. Right around there. I With a $50,000 down or up. So you can say between 350 and 450, but I'm, I'm right around 400 with a 50,000 buy discrepancy in either direction. That's for that pay-per-view main event. I think that's a solid, that would be a very solid number. If in that 350, the 450 range, I really think it would be. This shows that Israel Adesanya is trending, is on the right path to become a megastar because he's already a star. He's got a, Big shoe deal with Puma, the first MMA fighter they have a an endorsement deal with Puma. They're gonna they're gonna put him on their springboard and rocket ship on rocket ship him on their way, which I think is a great move for him. It's a, it's great for MMA. It's great for combat sports when you see combat sports athletes get any type of apparel deal, big time apparel deal. So I think that it's fantastic. Now, I don't know about the Charlo pay per view. I'm, I'm extremely worried, you know, and I've been getting, I've been getting rammed on this. I don't, I just, I really didn't think it was a good idea to put this pay per view on, considering you were charging seventy four ninety nine. This would have been a great show to put on Fox, or you want to put it on Showtime. But if you're going to do this, this is where I think PBC. I can get the long game PBC's thinking here. They're like, you know what? Because the Charlos have charisma. Jamel and Jamal Charlo have charisma. They have this me against the world mentality. And I get it. They're fantastic fighters. They look they look great on Saturday. And if you have Showtime, Showtime's going to be re-airing the broadcast on Saturday night. I suggest watching it. I'm going to DVR it. I did see. I got sent the link. I watched it. I watched a little bit of it. I watched the, the Charlo fights. I watched them this afternoon. They look great. But, yes, the goal is to make them pay-per-view stars. I get it. And I know everyone's like, well, the UFC, you know, pushed it back a week to compete with them. That's part of competition. I necessarily didn't agree with it because you want you want combat sports to grow in every way, shape, and form. I just thought the UFC did combat sports dirty here. I really do. Was it done on purpose to move it a week back? You can make that case, but you got to remember, too, the UFC put on a very quality. It was originally scheduled for September 19th. But they wanted to add another card. They put Colby Cummington and Tyron Woodley, which did really well for them. That show had a lot of buzz. 
So this pushed the pay-per-view a week back, and that was fine. If this does a bad buy rate, it's because people didn't want to spend $75. And I know people, and I've heard this from people, the PBC diehards have been up and up my ass. I get it. You should be that hardcore about it. And I made it clear. I wasn't going to spend $75. If I had to cover it, yeah, I would have spent the money. It would have been written off anyway. I would have gotten, I get reimbursed for all pay-per-views. So it wouldn't have been a big deal. I'm happy to contribute my money to combat sports. I want it to grow. I want it to thrive. This is my job. This is how I support my family. But to ask people in a global pandemic for the whole the show, yeah, it had five title fights. It had a, a world title eliminator. Okay. You're basing it around twin brothers. Paper, you're splitting it in half, pay-per-view double, double header type of thing. Great concept. But the show, show was good. And then some spots that were like, and you know, a lot of people critical of the 31 minute intermission. And I know Steven Espinosa, the head of Showtime Sports, he defended that to the moon. And I said to him, I'm like, hey, because we follow each other on Twitter. And I'm like, hey, the UFC runs eight, six, seven, eight hour shows weekly. They don't take 31-minute intermissions. They don't. They'll run a highlight package, but they don't go 31 minutes in between fights. They don't take 31-minute intermissions. The boxing people weren't happy. I said it here. It's like, but this is the truth. Call it. You got to be fair. You got to know. You got to study everybody. But it, but it's the truth. And the. Al Heyman diehards, the PBC diehards, the boxing diehards are like, stay the fuck in your lane. I'm not staying in my lane. I cover boxing for a living. I study numbers. Study this stuff hard. I'm not going to make myself look stupid. And I hope it does well. If it, and I made this clear to people. If this does 150,000 buys, PBC and Showtime should be jumping up for joy. And I know people are going to be like, well, you know, this is only during a pandemic is the only way these guys can get paid. But when <laughs> you're making people charge $75, you get 100,000 buys. That's only $7.5 million. You do your math after that, the pay per view provider gets between 40 and 50%, depending on the deal you strike with them. Now, I don't know Showtime's, I don't know Showtime's deal. With the pay-per-view with direct TVs and the Dish Networks and the Xfinities and the Cox cables and Cablevision and all the cable entities. I don't know how they distribute that cut. But let's say it the let's be kind. And let's do some math here. We're gonna do math. I know it's eleven twenty-three central time, twelve twenty-three eastern time, AM Eastern time. But we're gonna do just a little math. Okay, let's go. 100,000 buys times 74.99 it's 7.4 let's go okay let's go 40% let's be kind let's maximize revenue here little less than 3 million okay so we're looking at 
It's $2,999,600. I'm going to, and I know I'm doing math. I shouldn't be doing math. We're live on there, but you know what? You guys deserve, you guys deserve the no fair stuff here. I think this is very highly pertinent. Seven million four hundred. Seven million four hundred ninety nine. Do do do. Minus two million nine hundred ninety nine thousand six hundred. That's four million four hundred ninety nine thousand four hundred dollars. That goes to Showtime. You lost money. You got to figure set up. Got to pay the fighters deeply into the red. This is a money loser for PBC. It's a loser for Showtime. You can't tell me the Charlo brothers are each worth like $10 million a fight. You can't tell me Sergey Derevianchenko is worth probably about 4 to $5 million. Because he's not. As much as I like Derevianchenko. Can't tell me Rosario's worth three, three and a half. That's just too much money to lose. You could have put this on Fox. These guys could have taken pay cuts. Get a major money on advertising. These guys can get more well-known, and that's how you make your money. And this wasn't promoted well. I'm sorry. Beyond the normal boxing circles, this just wasn't promoted at all. It wasn't promoted well. It wasn't. You could have even put this on CBS and I wouldn't have had it. This could have done extremely well. You could have probably gotten following SEC football and getting that pub all day. Good God, you you could have gotten 4 million viewers. Just saying. I'm just saying. And we will end with this. Let's get into a little bit. A little, we'll end with MMA. The UFC's biggest star griping with the head of the ultimate fighting, with, griping with his promoter of the ultimate fighting championship. Now, I want to, I don't want to, I, sh- I had the article here. Give me one second. I had it here, guys. I'm I greatly apologize. Okay, here we go. And everyone knows what kind of what happened with Conor McGregor on Friday. He went out and released a series of text messages with Dana White. They they seemed like Instagram DMs. I then, but that I have gotten confirmed that was were messages from Instagram and trying to go back and forth about a fight. He wanted to fight in May. He's like, I'm, I just want to fight. I'll, even, I'll fight Diego Sanchez just to get a fight. And I'll fight him in August. I'll fight him in Dublin. Kind of like what they did when he fought Diego Brando. Just give me a knee. Let me get a warm up. And then we can move on to bigger and better things. UFC didn't want that. They were trying to propose Gate, Justin Gaethje for International Fight Week. McGregor's like, I don't want to fight in July. Then he didn't want to be a backup fighter. That was a big brouhaha. Dana White spoke to the media after UFC 253. And let's see. 
Dana White didn't like McGregor's move, said it was just something you don't do. It's one of the dirtiest things you can do. And Dana White then went on to say, when it was brought up about McGregor facing Manny Pacquiao, Dana White, then Dana White's like, he just batted away the idea, really didn't think like it was going to happen. So then McGregor took to Twitter and said, the code was broken when you lied about me turning down fights, mate. I said Justin and me, and you went and said I did not want to fight. It's not about Diego. Diego was a filler to get more fights. Also, you have been involved in the Manny Talks. The legal letters are there. Stop lying. This situation is not going to get better before. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Now, both guys are wrong here. Conor McGregor should not have released those messages. He is frustrated. I know that. I've talked to people around him. He's extremely frustrated at the fact that Dana White wanted him to be a backup fighter to Khabib Nurmagomedov when he was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson. At UFC 249, which was originally set for Brooklyn. And McGregor's like, I'm not a backup fighter. McGregor's not a backup fighter. He's Connor freaking McGregor, the biggest star in combat sports. Anything McGregor does is mega news. He can shit the wrong way, and it would be mega news. But you don't release those. I agree with Dana White on that one. I really, 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 really do. That was just, that was wrong. I could understand McGregor's frustrated because he wanted to fight. But here's where Dana White is wrong. Why lie if there's talks with McGregor and Pacquiao? Those talks are going on. Dana even hinted to it last week on SportsCenter promoting Covington and Woodley. Talked about during the post show. We got some cool, interesting stuff possibly in the works for Connor. You know what those talks were? McGregor Pacquiao. It's why it's so hard to believe the stuff that comes out of Dana White's mouth when you ask him a question because he's a walking, he's a walking hypocrite. Talks are ongoing. They do have to sign, like, there are letters that have to be done, like, for for um, legal purposes, so you don't say, yeah, these are definitely going on, and blah, 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 and all this other BS nonsense. Talks are ongoing. Dana could have just been honest and said, yeah, you know, there's talks going on, and we don't know how, where it's going to go, but because I can guarantee you sometime in the future, Dana was going to say, oh, yeah, we were talking, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to sit because that's what Dana White does. Dana should have just been honest and just said, hey, there are talks ongoing. I don't like what Connor did, which he shouldn't have, because those conversations should stay confidential to a point. I wouldn't release them on Twitter. I would, if you want to come and say, yeah. You know, I wanted to fight Diego. I wanted you to do this and this. Okay. That's fair. Why not? You could say, 
I told the UFC I wanted this. I'm cool with that, too. But releasing messages like that, that, that was doing Dana dirty. That wasn't cool. And that, it's lowbrow. It's low rent. McGregor likes keeping himself in the news. We all know that. Big fight comes up. It's like that old Mayweather thing. Big fight comes around. You can hear McGregor wanting to chirp. It wasn't the only time Conor McGregor actually was on Twitter because he challenged Dustin Poirier today. He went on to he went on another tangent, culminating in inviting interim former interim lightweight champion Dustin Poirier. To a fight and donate the proceeds to a charity to with no promotional involvement from the UFC. To Poirier. Hey bro, you want to do an MMA charity fight? Zero to do with UFC. I will donate half a million towards your charity for it. Sell it on pay-per-view or work a TV deal and we work out other charities that are close to my heart also. I'm engaged in many. Strictly a charity exhibition in quotes. Then he went on to name a place. December 12th in the Point Depot, Ireland. No weigh-ins, open weight, unified rules. I'll arrange all travel fare for you and your family. McGregor Sports and Entertainment MMA in association with the Good Fight Foundation, Charity Mixed Martial Arts. Excellent. We shall take it offline and progress from here. Good man, Dustin. I respect your philanthropic efforts greatly and as well as you, how well you conduct yourself your post posted yourself after your first fight you have my respect i don't know what the hell mcgregor what did mcgregor do on twitter today let's we got some time here let's have some fun let's see what when we'll, we'll end with questions i will get to every question i will get to every comment i do promise McGregor took a lot of his comments off. Let's see what Poirier said. I'm in. Let's do it. A lot of people will benefit from this. And Poirier, Poirier is definitely down to doing it. Let's see. Okay. McGregor responded to ESPN. Stephen Cormier acted like a fool today. And, said, and I'll say it, and I like DC greatly. Saying McGregor really didn't want to fight at all. Here comes McGregor. I asked for all these fights on February the 13th. Corona didn't exist. May anyone. August. Dublin. Diego. Just fought that night. End of the year rematch. Four fights in one year. I was held back to wait it out, to be an alternate for a fight many months away, and there's no other way to see this. Well, then, throwing under the bus for saying I turned on a fight with Tony after Khabib had bottled it, LOL, that one, the deciphering abilities of people in this business absolutely baffles me. It's clear as fucking day. For Dublin card, Bailey wanted a rematch for the end of the year, so I set a three-fight run, May fight against anyone. Justin was named here. It could have been Superman. Then Diego for a hometown return. Then a rematch at the end of the year with, obviously, Khabib. Would have given me four fights in a year. Imagine the absolute sharpness then. He's pissed? Daniel Cormier is going to def- be on the Khabib bandwagon. And that's some of the reasons why it 
I'm not always a fan of Daniel Cormier having a show because Daniel Cormier is so jaded in his thoughts to where he basically bashed McGregor, which wasn't basically mocking the fact and thinking we're all sheep that McGregor really wanted to fight that many times and he'll fight anyone at any time. I think people forget Conor McGregor loves to fight. Through the end of everything, he wants to fight and he is frustrated. He feels the UFC bottled him. And I can get the UFC's end of, you know what, you're our biggest star. We want to make all that money off the gate. It will help everybody. The UFC's got enough money, and it's going to be another big profit year. They're not hurting for money. Bottling your biggest star makes no sense. Let's just be realistic about it. If he wants to fight in front of no one, let him fight. It only helps you. But what do we know? All right. Let's, we got a ton of questions, got a ton of comments. Let's kind of just, we'll kind of just rock and roll here. Thank you to everyone for leaving questions and comments. We'll start here. Richard McPhee, hi to the best combat sports reporter. I don't know who that is, but I appreciate the comments, Richard. Thank you so much for the kind words and the question. There's a lot of great combat sports journalists. There really are. The fact anyone ever names me in these things is an honor. Thank you. But I think there's a lot of people better than me. I'm going to be completely honest. Richard McPhee, Raw was awful. So I gave it a D. Richard, again, besides the Rollin and Rude surprise, the show was blah. Seth Rollins has been on a hell of a run. I'm not going to lie. Seth has been, Seth's been reinvigorated. As I'll admit, I wasn't on this Monday night Messiah bandwagon nonsense. And then just within like the last, like about four or five weeks, I thought Seth's really turned it up and extra promos have been really good. The rude surprise. I, I, you can't, I can't defend that to anybody. When a guy hasn't appeared on your programming since March the 8th. And then you give him a match. Just give him a title match. No thanks. Adam Michaels. Adam, hope all's well, my friend. Thank you for leaving a uh, comment. I'm a terrible fan. I didn't even watch. Trust me. Adam, you didn't want to watch. You would have rammed your head into the wall. Richard McPhee, Galloway, books so weak with all these legends helping him. Not not the look I like, but they all have history with Orton, but not a fan. The real name of Drew McIntyre is Drew Galloway. Um, it didn't help him last time. Like I, I was watching the match today, and I'm like, man, this doesn't – it didn't help him. The match was still good with Orton last time. I'm not going to say it wasn't because it was. I just – it didn't make him look very good. I didn't think it made him look very good tonight. I thought it was just, as I get the, and it's not, I like all four guys. Just, I didn't need them there. I can get how you, they fit into the story, but this, that part could have been told at a later time. Aaron Smith. Thank you, Aaron, for leaving a comment. It was good. Okay. We got one person that thinks we're always good. Okay. Richard McPhee, I disagree, but Richard McPhee, terrible booking and a way to bury your champion. 
You're not wrong, Richard. You're not wrong, good sir. Richard McPhee, Rollins and Mysterio is the only thing it's got going, but it's wearing thin. And that's the thing. I, I think the end game has to be, and I said this earlier, I think the end game has to be Aaliyah aligning with Murphy and Rollins. It's not the only thing I can really think of that makes any type of sense here. Maybe I hope I'm right. I don't know where else this program can really go. I don't know what other, I don't know how you can keep it going. Richard McPhee, I feel bad for McIntyre's championship run. Very underwhelming. You're not the first person that said this. I see it a lot. And in a way, I do feel very bad for Drew because, you know, you get the chance to challenge for the title at WrestleMania. You face the biggest attraction WWE has, and you have to do it in a warehouse with no fans. Instead of getting the big coronation in front of 70,000 people, millions of people watching live on TV, the fireworks and all the pyro and he got deprived of that big moment. And that sucks for Drew. Cause he is a hell of a talent. And I feel legitimately bad for him. And hopefully someday he does get that WrestleMania moment where he gets all the pyro in front of 70, 80, 90,000 people because he is a great talent. I thought he's had a good run. He's done better than I thought he would with the circumstances going on. You could only do so good. And I think for what he's done in this, we're nearing six months. I think he's made, he turned chicken shit into chicken salad. And that's a testament to him and how good of a worker he is. Richard McPhee, her her business is terrible. It's a clone of MVP's TNA group, but worse. I don't remember his TNA group. Martin Montez Martin, thank you for leaving a question. Fuck WWE. Let's go, White Sox. You're damn right about the ladder. Let's go, White Sox, tomorrow. I am excited. I am a diehard White Sox fan. I've been waiting 12 years to see my Chicago White Sox back in the playoffs. I am working tomorrow, but thankfully, I am a writer for DAZN. And Sporting News, I can work from home, and I can sit on my couch or my chair, and I'm going to sit in my lazy boy. I'm going to be working. But you know what's going to be in front of me on my 65-inch TV, ladies and gentlemen? My Chicago White Sox. The World Series run starts tomorrow. It's been a little bit rough the last 10 days. But you know what, though? It's a whole new season now. It's playoff time. We start in Oakland, 2 o'clock Central, 3 Eastern. I'm ready. I'm going to have my White Sox hoodie on. I'll also have a picture for you guys. Let's go White Sox tomorrow. And I agree, Martin. Let's go White Sox. And thank you for leaving the question, and thank you for watching. Richard McPhee, Apollo Crews dead and buried again. I don't know why. What in the heck has Apollo Crews done to deserve this mistreatment? This is another head scratcher. I don't understand. 
what has this guy done to piss them off? He's a great worker. He was starting to show great mic work. He was getting, I was getting behind him. And I had been kind of, I hate seeing that, but I was kind of really didn't care anymore. It's what they always do, though. Richard McPhee, Owens, and Black has potential, but they're so buried in mid-card, it feels like it don't matter. You know what? This is a great point. And not enough people say that either. Because what they've done, I think what the work they've done has been good. But like you said, kind of stuck in mid-card hell here. And it's unfortunate. Because both of these guys should be upward mid-card trying to break into the main event. The main event picture. It's sad to think. Four years ago, Kevin Owens was the universal champion. And look where Kevin Owens is now. And I like, I love KO. I think KO's a great worker. He's great in the ring. He's great in the mic. I felt like he was going somewhere after the whole Seth Rollins thing, but Seth Rollins program. But unfortunately, we were wrong. Richard McPhee, I'm a Bobby Roode guy, but only for his impact run, his NXT run. Terribly buried. You are not wrong. It was great in TNA. Great heel run. Great run as a champion. I thought a good run in NXT with the belt, too. They had some really good matches. And then, as what happens with every, with the majority of people that come up to NXT, get buried upon arrival. <laughs> Richard McPhee, those stupid fucking ninjas. They're not back. It was funny, though. It was funny. Richard McPhee, Steve. Impact destroys Raw. It's not even close. You know what? I have not watched Impact. I keep getting told, you know, I got, you know, Impact is on my DVR. I'm going to watch Impact tomorrow night, actually. If you're not watching, and I'm, I blame myself. I'm home every Tuesday. And so hopefully, I'm going to, hopefully I'll get to watch Impact tomorrow. It'll at least be DVR'd, and I will watch it sometime this week. I do promise. Matt Ward put Rude with Storm to boost the tag team division. Okay, this is what Matt Ward means here. James Storm had actually agreed to a deal with WWE back in... No, I take that back. The way it was told to me was they had contacted him. He missed the call. And wasn't able to make it in for the Rumble. Then it was supposed to be for Mania. There was talk of him coming in in July, but that didn't end up coming to pass. He, impact, I mean, NWA was going to let him out of his deal. And he was going to go to WWE, but it didn't come end up to be. I know they're still talking. I know they want him to come in. And I know he wants to go. I could see that happening. I wouldn't be, I would like to see beer money get another run. I think that'd be pretty cool. But also we'll see what happens. But I think James Storm, James Storm had a cup of coffee. He, he, he smartly took the money and had went back to impact a couple of years ago. You can't blame anyone for trying to get more, make the most money they can for their family. I can never, ever, ever begrudge anybody. After learning everything I've learned in 10 years, don't ever begrudge athletes for taking more money. And thank you, Matt, for leaving a question and a comment. 
Richard McPhee, they're really pushing the Mysterio family versus Rollins angle big time. They are. No, no words going. Hopefully it ends with Aaliyah with Rollins and Murphy. They're trying to push Vega too. She's trying to push Vega, but she's too green in the ring. See, she's not green. She was great, really pretty good hand, pretty good wrestler in impact. Had a good run in Lucha Underground. Still, she just needs more in-ring time. She really hasn't had much in WWE, and she didn't have much at NXT either. She would be given a couple spots here and a couple spots there with Andrade, but that was really it. Richard McPhee, nice to see Dana Brooke, but she has talent, but just riddled with terrible booking. She's basically a woman's chopper. It seems like every time Dana Brooke starts to get a push, she gets her legs cut off from under her. She's improved vastly in the ring. It's someone that is, she wants to hone her craft. She wants to be great. And those are the talents that should be rewarded. And so she's got some charisma. For some reason, she keeps getting the legs cut out from under her. And I don't know why. Richard McPhee, Bram was Charlotte's ex-husband. How did his push go? Yeah, not the work. Didn't work out too well for good old Bram. Richard McPhee, Port Otis, going to be screwed out of his title shot by court order to the Miz. Is this true, Steve? Is this how Otis saves face without good? That seems to be the running, from what I'm told, that is the likely scenario. They booked themselves. They boxed themselves into a corner with him. They should have just not given him the briefcase and should have went somewhere else. And you wouldn't have had to put yourself in this situation. Because all that does is make Otis look horrible, and that's what they're doing here. Richard McFeeney, Steve, any, any info on why Impact is running angles with Moose interacting with Chris Jericho? What's going on or the payoff here? It's kind of this leads into the next. Don Callis is hinting that Chris Jericho could be a bound for glory. Just very odd impact, as mentioned, seeing it a lot. I have no idea. I can ask. I did not even know this. Um, I can reach out to people at Impact tomorrow. I can see what. I don't know. I don't think Impact is. I know Impact's wanted to work with AEW before. And I know they've kept the line of communication open. But I know at the time it was something AEW just really wasn't interested in. Maybe I'm, I'm maybe that's changed since that was months ago that I even heard that. So, but I can't inquire. And I will inquire. I will inquire tomorrow and I'll see if I can have an update for you guys on that because I think that is quite interesting. I didn't know that was happening, so thank you so much for that, Richard. Darian Lopez. Eric Young is Paul Balls. I will say, Darian, thank you for the comment. I have no idea what you're talking about. I really don't. Richard McPhee, Sammy Zayn with the handcuffs was brilliant. See, I didn't watch that IC title match. I'm not ha- now. I'm going to have to watch that now because I heard that Intercontinental title ladder match was pretty good. 
Richard McPhee's Vince is set in his ways. He thinks what worked in the 80s and 90s applies today. It does not. He is out of touch with today's business. Vince had a great run, but it's over. And I hate saying that. I hate agreeing. Not because you made the comment, Richard, because I think with the comments, right. Unfortunately, right. You know, people there are not happy with how they're being booked. I've talked to enough talent and enough people there to know, and people that have just left there have said the same thing. It's just, it's very, 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 very unfortunate. It really is, and whole and I don't like saying that because people are not going to remember how much of a genius Vince McMahon was, where we don't the genius the the magic. Vince McMahon is gone, unfortunately. Richard McPhee, did you see Paulo Costa's Instagram demanding a rematch? He was not 100% and he will destroy him in a rematch. Costa is delusional. Apparently, Paulo Costa got, got hit in the head too hard. Maybe Paulo Costa needs to rewatch that fight. I agree with Dana White. That <laughs> the game plan, and I said it on Saturday night during the post show, that game plan made zero sense. When you only connected on 12 shots in less than 10 minutes of work, you got inside of two rounds, you got blasted out. You hardly threw. There ain't going to be no rematch. Unless Paula Costa goes on like a seven fight winning streak. When seven, all seven of those by KO. It's the only way he's ever going to see Israel Adesanya again. Or he will see Israel Adesanya at shows. Paula Costa is very, 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 very delusional. He's not getting a rematch. Get the heck out of here. Richard McFeeney, they're estimated UFC did 650,000. See, I haven't been on social media since. Ross started, so I'm going to take your word for it, Richard. I will look into that, though, and see if that number matches up. And if that number is true, hey, that is fantastic. Especially on a busy college football night, you had the Lakers. No, you had the no the Heat and the Celtics, Eastern Conference Finals. In NBA playoffs, you had... College football returning. Oh, that was a very busy Saturday. If that number is true, that is a fantastic number. Richard McPhee, Charlo Papers, you're lucky if they did 100,000 buys. This is going to be rough treading. And I know Showtime, they expect, they expect the number to not be good. PBC doesn't expect it to be good either. I even think they have to be happy upon the stars if it does a hundred. If it does under under a hundred thousand buys, it's not good. And I hope it does more than a hundred. I hope it does at least a hundred. They should be jumping and praying at one fifty and jump to the stars. But they have to hope a hundred. And I don't know what their number realistically is, but We'll see. Hopefully for their sake it does. Because I, I want combat sports to succeed. I want boxing to succeed. 
I think if they're if it's below 100, I think they have to realize we made a grave mistake, and these guys aren't the attractions that we thought they could be. Because I know people are high because they fought great. They did fight great. But it's going to take... It's going to take Jamal Charlo to fight Canelo Alvarez to get people excited about him. Jamal's a great fighter. He's the best 154-pound fighter in the world. He really is. He's fantastic. I'd like to see him and J-Rock Williams. I think that'd be a great fight. You know, maybe Patrick Teixeira. They have a unification about him. He says Oscar De La Hoya doesn't want it. I don't know. We will see. All right, well, let's finish up here. We're hitting midnight, baby. We're hitting the two-hour mark. Steve, is Tyson Jones going to be a legit fight? The athletic commission says it's just an exhibition to show off their skills, and the goal is not to hurt each other. But Jones and Tyson are claiming they're coming to fight, not spars. The public getting hoodwinked. I don't where what we're going to get. It is an exhibition. I'll make that clear. It is an exhibition, Richard. Um, I know both guys are training hard. They're taking it seriously because they're getting VADA tested. They're getting drug tested. Randomly drug tested. They both enrolled in VADA, which I that is a very good sign, and it shows that everything's going to be on the up and up, which I think is good. I don't know what we're going to see. It's a million-dollar question here. Um, I don't know, like, the things about headgear. I know if you guys didn't see the Julio Cesar Chavez Jorge Arce exhibition on the zone from Friday night, they both hit headgear, and that was a lot of fun. My God, they were cracking each other. It was a ton of fun. That was, to me, the second best fight of the week, of the boxing weekend. And that shouldn't have been the case, but it was. But I don't know. I'm, I know I'm going to watch because I'm going to have to cover it. And even if I didn't have to cover it, I'd still watch because it's Mike Tyson. Richard McPhee, McGregor is being salty that the UFC is not catering to his demands and the UFC sees Khabib as the bigger draw on commodity. I agree with the former. Don't agree at all with the latter. They know Conor McGregor is the biggest draw in combat sports. They're not, the UFC is not that simple. Khabib's a huge draw. Don't get me wrong. He became a huge draw because of Conor McGregor. He was honestly. only made him more into a megastar. But that's because of McGregor. Um, they're both commodities. There's a legit case you can say, though. Maybe they do view him as the bigger commodity. He's easier to deal with. He actually is. Because he's, he doesn't have... He can't command $20 million to fight like McGregor Kings. McGregor's a proven draw and he's a proven attraction. We don't know how big of a draw Khabib Nurmagomedov is without Conor McGregor. We're going to find out October the 24th, though. We really are. Final question and comment here. Richard McPhee, McGregor versus Pacquiao. I hate to say it. To say it, Pacquiao is not going to carry McGregor like Floyd did. If you think Mayweather was that challenge, you're delusional. Floyd did that for the fans after the Pacquiao fight was terrible. 100% agree if that fight happens Pacquiao will wipe him out inside of three rounds no ifs no ands and no buts about it and that is it for this evening 
We're going to end this right at midnight central, 1 a.m. Eastern and 11 p.m. Pacific. Thank you to everyone watching. It really means a lot. It's greatly appreciated. Watching via YouTube. It's simple. I have a YouTube channel. Just go to the Walkway to Fight Club, subscribe to the channel, and click on this video. Give the video a thumbs up. Watching via Facebook Live. Give a reaction to how you feel about the video and like the Walkway to Fight Club and follow the page as well. Or when you get onto Facebook, go in that search tab up top. Just type in the Walkway to Fight Club. Click that like button and the follow button right after. Also, I have a Twitter. The Twitter channel is at Walkway Fight. Also, an Instagram, the Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. You can find me right down there on Twitter at SMuleHousingJR. Got a little uptick in followers in the last few days. That's greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Also, I have an Instagram, SMuleHousingMMA. I don't really Instagram that often. If I do, it's mainly just pictures of my family. Also, we are available on every podcasting platform. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. This, uh, this will be up probably within the next hour. So definitely give that a shout. If you've missed anything, it'll be available up on the audio version in a little bit here. Thank you to everyone watching. It means a lot. Thank you so much. I have an interview that will be up later this week with Major League Wrestling's own Tom Filthy, Tom Lawler, former UFC star, current MLW star. MLW, you can start finding it's on zone, And also, they'll be airing new episodes on zone starting in early November. They'll be taping with, I think, in two weeks. Working on a couple of little other things as well. I'm just waiting on some confirmations, but Tom Lawler will be up later this week. We will be back. Daryl Rivera will be back on Wednesday. We'll be recapping the Wednesday Night Wars. We'll be back for SmackDown and the UFC show coming up on Saturday night. Holly Holm, Irene Aldania. This is Steven Mielhausen. I'll see you guys on Wednesday night. Peace. I'm out.